one boom there it is all right welcome everybody it is a beautiful beautiful monday and uh, we have a therapist on the line so uh, if you're listening in be ready to ask some questions let's have some fun yeah. practicing polyamory real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory the mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Before we jump into the show, I want to quickly ask everybody who's listening or watching to please head over to YouTube and search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button for me. I didn't quite make it to 100 before the end of February, but I still want to get to 100 subscribers so I can get my uh, custom whatever custom uh, url that's that's the word i'm looking for so uh, if you could help me out with that i would really really appreciate it uh you can also find us on facebook twitter tw instagram twitch all that good stuff at practicing poly a at practicing poly a on all social media i also want to remind everybody if you are listening to this podcast you are a welcome guest to be on the show if you're actively polyamorous i want to hear your story if you're polyam curious i want to hear your story if you are a professional serving the polyamorous community, I want to hear your story. If you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever, I want to hear your story. The more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us and the better we can serve our community. All right. That is my spiel. So now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the show. Our guest today is a polyam-friendly therapist and life coach because he himself is also polyamorous and has been practicing polyamory for the past two and a half years. He is on a mission to destigmatize mental health while providing a unique and holistic therapy practice built upon the three pillars of connection, grounding, and confidence. He helps his clients cultivate a deeper connection with themselves and others, identify and strengthen the roots that keep them grounded, and build confidence in their ability to cope with life's stressors. Through his practice and through his own experience, our guest has learned that there is really no right or wrong way to be polyam, only to live your most authentic version of it. I'm excited to hear from this incredible guest and encourage those of you watching live to drop your questions in the comments. Joining us today from Connected Roots Therapy out of Boulder, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Elliot Andre. Wardrobe change. Had to get that jacket off. Well, Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you doing this and bringing awareness to the community and people out there who, who need and want to be served. It's fantastic. Really awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, it, it. My brother and I have been podcasting for a really long time. And uh, I tried to start another podcast that was uh, centered around insurance because I'm an insurance guy. Sure. But uh, it didn't quite work out. This <laughs> one is definitely more my speed. And, and I'm just having a lot of fun with it. But uh you know, thank you for, for being a part of this. I, I know that you've done other podcasts before. You've talked about this a lot before. Um, so I want to encourage people, if you uh, 
do a search for Elliot Andre Connected Roots Therapy. You will find those uh, those episodes out there. Definitely look those up. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Just kind of give me the the basic layout uh, of how you got into polyamory and did you actually start your practice because of polyamory or uh, was it just what you always wanted to do? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I, poly became, uh, we'll say, something that I had thought of and kind of tried to live many, many years ago before I got uh, married and lived a monogamous lifestyle for about eight uh, in college, I, I thought that I was poly and everybody around me told me I wasn't, but I firmly believe I was until uh, it wasn't until probably uh, eight years after the fact, after being in monogamous marriage, that uh, we decided to open things up. And uh, when we decided to open things up. It was it was not a easy task at all. And mm-hmm. um, it was really daunting. It was really um it tested our relationship and uh yeah, as it think, always does right and i and i think uh, part of our practice it wasn't kind of our practice wasn't built around poly polyamory or, or anything that has to do with that but since opening up we've definitely incorporated it way more into into the practice mm-hmm. so we've you know a lot of the clients that we see are not monogamous we have different services that we offer that also um are more open to that in, in regards of whatever you are, or however you identify in regards of the non-monogamous world. So it's definitely Very informative cool. in our practice now, which is great. Um, it's a great space. Yeah. I, I bet it changes so many of the rules. But before we get to that, I just kind of want to go back to in college that you believed that you were polyamorous and people yeah. told you that you weren't. What, what was up yeah. with that? Yeah, so... So I think what I, what people, you know, what I assumed was polyamorous was, was dating multiple people. And, you know, in my eyes, definitely found uh, lots of love within these relationships. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, my partner now and other people that I've talked to about it would say, you know, you weren't really doing it ethically. So (laughs) so got it, got it. Like then it it didn't really uh, click. Uh, to that sense. So I think a lot of people are like, now you're just dating because I think, I think one thing that we can kind of separate between uh, being, being poly and I'm an and, and open and, and kind of just dating is like when you're dating, people aren't really aware of who else you're dating. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they are, but I think in, in a polyamorous relationship, it's more so, you know, the, the intention is there, the boundaries are there and people know, and I, you know, I would hope, you know, because of being, being ethical in regards of how you, you poly, you know, you can express, you know, I'm dating this person, this is who I see this way, and kind of representing that in, the, in that regard. Right, right. So the the communication is more overt, the uh, relationship status of all the different people in your life, those are just more outlined and defined, as opposed to if you're just a single dude dating, you know, you're not necessarily telling everybody about all these people you're seeing. I mean, maybe there's the assumption that you're seeing other people, but it's not explicitly <laughs> discussed totally agreed what do you think it means <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey, play it, man. i love it i love it <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool cool okay so so that makes sense so that was the uh the realization that i guess that you came to uh that kind of defined where you the way that you poly now right it's it's obviously a, a lot different um how does it Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you've learned about relationships through the polyamory lens that 
helps you in your practice these days? I mean, I live it every day. So, you know, in regards mm -hmm. of things that I've learned, I think opening up realistically is the hardest thing to do. And and how you do that or how people choose to do that um, is definitely something to talk about. So that, that in itself is always uh, informed. And, and any client that I work with who's looking to or is already opening up, you know, kind of having those discourse, that discourse or conversation about what worked, what didn't, how can we tweak things? How can we, how can we work through some of these really difficult experiences? Because there's not, I think the, the hardest thing about opening up and just being, you know, not monogamous in general is, is kind of taking away or, or separating yourself from the codependency of what a mm -hmm. monogamous relationship looks like, or just the essence of like boundaries communication around you know what what you like what you don't like how you work that into your life i think we kind of sometimes and this is what i experience often kind of felt um you know confused or uncomfortable or or kind of jumped into a lot of the experiences rather than really trying to be uh you know thinking critically about what was actually happening versus like what my urges were so i think that that in itself is really kind of what informs a lot of the people that i work with more so uh, than anything is just like taking a step back really seeing what kind of the facts are being more critical about what and how you're kind of deciding to incorporate this in your life rather than just kind of like jumping in you know it's kind of like put your toe in first see if that works put another toe in see if that works and then kind of tweak and, and refresh and reframe with where and how you want to poly really taking a slower approach to it is what it sounds like um it, that's can be hard to do a lot of times, you know, when, when people are opening up the relationship, sometimes it just kind of happens, I guess, or they, it, it's discussed and then somebody meets somebody great and they're like, okay, we talked about this whole poly thing, you know, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now <laughs> that I have this connection with this person that I totally want to pursue. And then the NRE hits and, you know, it's really hard to slow down that train once it's going. How, how do you get people to take that step back without damaging the relationship that's starting? Dude, sure. I almost had you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love when you play those. I just <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love them, dude. Play them. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a very hard line. Because I disclose a shit ton of information in my practice about my own poly experience. Because mm -hmm. I don't want people to have to go through what I did. Right. Um, but in terms of trying to really coach somebody through and around like the first kind of moments of slowing down, it, it it's really about being honest and, and real with them about like what and how to do this. And it, we can do it one way. And we can really jump into it or we can try to take this slowing down process. So if I were to say if there's one thing within the slowing down process that I think to work for a lot of the clients that I'd work with is it's just having a practice of checking in with yourself. Mm -hmm. Am I diving into this too quickly? And then kind of figuring out like a behavior chain of what and how this affects other people. Because, again, it's so mm. in regards to what you're describing, you have NRE you have anything and everything is kind of going to get in the way of clouding that mentality of like what reality is almost mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. like what you're actually doing. Because again, 
our desires are there, our excitement is there. And if we mm -hmm. see that shiny new object, we're going to jump at it and we're going to like just right. put everything into it. So, you know, kind of recognizing how your behaviors change, checking in with yourself, kind of remembering that, yes, this is there. This is a part of you now and you can approach it. It's just remembering, you know, if, if I were the other person or if I was your partner, if I was whoever that was involved in this, how maybe they, they might be taking this as I'm jumping into it. Think has really been uh, helpful for working with a lot of clients out there who are just so stoked and and ready and eager. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance, baby. There's a chance. Uh, just a quick reminder to anybody who's watching or listening: if you have a question, drop it into the comments so you can get it answered on the show. So, Elliot, there was a, a couple of things that you were talking about here. Um, a couple of things that stood out to me. One is it takes a lot of self awareness to be able to uh, recognize when I am in the throes of NRE, when I'm really, and for anybody who's listening, maybe you're new to polyamory, you don't know what NRE, it's new relationship energy, which is the excitement that you have when you meet a potential new partner or a new partner. Uh, so you're, you know, if, if I'm in the middle of that NRE and really feeling it, um, having the self-awareness to be able to take that step back the other thing is having the empathy to be able to think about what it might be like for the partner that I already have, right? The, the one with the old relationship energy, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and what they might be feeling, what they might be going through uh, during that time. And, you know, the whole idea, the, the, the thing that I keep thinking about is trying to see the forest through the trees. I'm a very emotional person. My brother will tell you, anybody will tell you, I am driven by my emotions. Uh, and when I have that excitement, when I'm like, you know, just really, really in it, it was, <laughs> I, I, it's been a little while, but, you know, it was really hard to take that step back and be able to recognize those things, be able to think about, you know, what my, what my other partner might be going through. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're talking about the the clients that you have and a lot of them are in that middle of opening up. I mean, what do you what do you say to that? How do you how do you get them to it, it, it's 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 kind of the same question, uh, sure. you know. But I feel like that's that's where people can really, really get tripped up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, it's case by case of what I would say to somebody. In regards to what I usually go for, and this is, again, just how I run my practice and, and how I kind of show up, as I said, please do not fuck this up like I did. Truthfully, <laughs> 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 I mean, 95% of the people that I work with, I'm like, yo, dude, or yo, whoever. Uh -huh. This is what happened to me, and I just want to express and explain that to you. And I wish I had these skills. I wish I had these tools. And I want do you, you have to any? Do yeah, you have any tools and techniques? Like, do you recommend any kind of journaling? Do you recommend any books? Like, what are, what are some For techniques sure. that you might teach someone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, self-awareness is hard to come about unless you're, like, really eager and ready to jump into that. So, mm -hmm. yes, there has to be some ways that we can cultivate that self-awareness. So, yes, journaling, you know, this idea of, like, behavior checking in, right? Seeing how you're reacting, what you're doing, writing that down, knowing that when you're off, with a partner versus when your partner's off with a partner, knowing how that affects you, how that changes kind of where you are, how you check in, 
I think one thing um, that's been really beneficial is, is kind of like a, a checklist, a checklist of moving through your poly, moving through how, when you interact. So if you notice that, you know, there's moments where, you know, you're putting a lot of this energy into one partner and forgetting or kind of not uh, being conscious or considered or, you know, from your other partner, just to kind of see what that looks like and take that feedback and, and communicate with, with that partner and, and check in. And I think the, the biggest, the biggest tool or, or trick, trick that I've learned in regards of that essence of, of what that looks like is communication a hundred percent and how you navigate these, these conversations and, and what to bring up and, you know, really being able to express yourself, your needs and your wants, but in like a very, um, considerate, respectful and understanding way for you, the person you're pursuing, your partner, and just yourself in general, um, and then and what that looks like. Because I mean, there's the been so many moments, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we forget. We forget. You know, we go, we go lizard brain a lot of the time. Right. You know, or when there's something that's exciting to us. So, so I'd yeah, say that, yeah, that's for sure. where we start. It's, yeah. it's the three rules of polyamory, right? Communicate, communicate, communicate. That's it. Um, so let's, let's, uh, talk about something, you know, similar, but, uh, you know, a little bit different here. You are also a life coach and let's take somebody that you work with, whether they're monogamous or, uh, or polyamorous either way, right. They get into a new relationship or they have something coming up in their life and it stops them, distracts them from getting after their goals, right? Getting after the things that they want to accomplish. So <clears throat> in that sense, you know, we can, we can talk about NRE and how it distracts us from the relationships and the connections that we already have, but we get NRE even if we're in monogamous relationships. It's somebody new that we're dating and somebody else that we're excited about, and we maybe get distracted from our work and other things. So uh, as a life coach, what are some things that you work with your clients on to help them go after their goals and uh, attain the things that they want to attain? You know, it's, it's, it's a great question because again, you know, everybody has goals, everything, everybody has, in most part, everybody has these things they're kind of looking for depending on the situation. And, you know, when there are relationship dynamics that are shifting or changing, whether it be monogamously, monogamously or not, um, you know, we, we do, we do tend to get distracted. So, you know, in terms of the, the, this is as simple as it sounds in terms of what that looks like, but to me, it really is like a, a space and an essence of executive functioning. So, so we know what our priorities are. We know what is important to us for the most part. And if we can structure our day or structure our time in regards of what that looks like, um, in terms of how much energy that we can put into this person or how much, you know, actually putting in a schedule, like I'm going to talk to this person for, hours in a day versus four or five the other I have to get work done so so for me and a lot of the clients that I work with to have that kind of structure to have that kind of schedule is so beneficial to organizing our day in life to really obtain those longer term goals or experiences that we want outside of this new relationship outside of this excitement of the shiny new object in front of us I mean I think I kind of relate it in a metaphor to the way of like we were on our phones we're on our phones, they're in our pockets, they're constantly distracting us subconsciously. We're not even thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. We're on social media, we're on all these things. And in the, at the blink of an eye, we can grab our phone no matter where we are, right? 
So, so if we say, you know, I'm going to put my phone in this place, in this position for two hours in a day, not touch it, not screw with it. Our brain is, is kind of trained then to recognize this is a boundary I'm making with myself. Right. And if I'm going to and want to obtain these longer term goals or the amount of work I'm going to put in a day on a project or socially or relationshiply or, or eating even, mm-hmm. I know that that's there. When that time's up, I can grab that and reward myself. Some, you know, some would say in that kind of space. Right. So I've always found for me in general, I speak from personal experience. That's what works for me. It works for a lot of the clients that I work with case by case, of course, but that's what I've noticed has been most beneficial. Well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. <laughs> right? Getting things done. That's, right. that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. You know, people have all kinds of different obstacles that they have to overcome. Sometimes putting that phone away, it, it might not be enough. You know, putting it aside, it's still there. Right? I mean, do we have to give our phone to somebody that that cares about us and somebody that's maybe an accountability partner? What are some other ways that we can make sure to to keep on what we want to keep doing? Yeah, I mean, what you're describing is absolutely true. And accountability is is something that I constantly communicate with my clients with. You know, have somebody who that supports you within this process. You know, in terms of the idea of what you're describing of, of putting the phone away, that's the first step. Because really, truly it is, you know, mm-hmm. how do we work through that, you know, in sense of, of those moments and, and in that space. And, and, you know, again, always in a, a sense of a case by case experience. But um, I think one thing that also, again, I've preached and, and worked with clients about in, in terms of just like that feeling is, is coping ahead. So there's a skill I like to preach uh, called coping ahead. So mm-hmm. if you know, for instance, the next day you're going to have a really big project or something that comes up, plan ahead, you know, make your meals, figure out how much time you need to spend on something, really kind of calculate in regards of what that looks like. And again, there might be that same kind of feeling of you have the phone coping ahead by not work. But again, that's just what I've seen for clients who struggle with this kind of impulse control almost shall we say mm-hmm. in terms of like grabbing something that kind of can be distracting so so coping ahead really works well in that regard and like how we can structure a day before it even happens to kind of hold ourselves even more so accountable uh in, re- in regards to grabbing the phone breaks things like that that can probably and most likely will tend to get in the way and then kind of checking in and, and tweaking and re- meeting ourselves where we're at to figure out what can, can work more so going forward. Because again, not everybody's going to have that ability to have that impulse control to not touch their phone or grab their phone or to do something. And I understand that. Yep, yep. So I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. I love it every time they, he plays that clip. I love it's Hamilton. So I, me too. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Let's not even get into that because that'll <laughs> that'll take up the rest of the show. <laughs> what is it about the work that you do that you love? I love everything about the work that I do. Uh, I have so much freedom, and I, and I think that's that's the main thing that I take from it every day is knowing that I can be my most authentic self while mm-hmm. working with with people out there uh, in the open. I mean, I love that I have the space that you provide just to talk about my own poliness. 
I think one thing that's that's been really helpful is I haven't seen any judgment or or kind of negative feedback for how open I am about what we do. I mean, you type in my name, four, five, six, seven different things come up. Polyamory, polyamory, polyamory. And I love that I can bring that space to people to listen. If they're not reaching out, they still have that information. And, you know, to provide that free psychoeducation and and to destigmatize what we're doing is is literally what I wake up for every morning. You know, I, I love that feeling and experience of knowing that what we do and how we live is going to be ultimately down the line. I hope, fingers crossed, totally appreciated and and looked at in the same way that anything would be, you know. So to, to destigmatize that and to be able to work with people in a way that's really open and comforting and, and truthful, I think is, is what I love about the work that I do most. And especially with the clients that I work with. I mean, I don't have bad experiences, knock on wood. You know, life is, this practice has treated me really well in that regard that I've been able to pick and choose and, and who I work with and clients the same. They want to work with me, sure. If not, they move on. But, but just knowing and, and, you know, waking up to that feeling of freedom, man, is, is, is the greatest experience and feeling for what we do. I completely agree. And, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn on that and say that privilege doesn't extend to everybody. Do you, do you work with anybody or have you worked with anybody uh, that, you know, can't be out and open and doesn't have that freedom? And what do you say to someone like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have and have many friends and, and people in my life that also kind of have to live a more quote unquote closeted experience and don't mm-hmm. have the privilege to kind of be as loud or flamboyant as I am about my openness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, the, and the thing that I've probably said most to those people is when you're ready, you're ready. You know, I'm not, I would, I would never force you to open up. I would never force, I, you know, I would never say, hey, this is what you need to do. If you feel comfortable in the, in the places and situations that you're in of being open and kind of what that looks like or, or kind of tweaking it to whatever that may be, go for it. You know, if you want to tell your friend or your close friend or your mom, but not your dad, totally cool. You know, there's a lot of fear involved in that. There's a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lack of privilege, you know, in regards of, of what people experience. And I, and I definitely recognize that because... I work with so many people, different cultures, races, this, that, and the third. And like for them to even hear that I'm not monogamous, they're like, if I did that, I would be shunned. You know, I would be, I would be taken out. I would be never talked to, spoken to by anybody. I mean, the the list goes on of, of what and how people who experience this lifestyle are kind of treated uh, poorly, unfortunately, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in regards of what that looks like. And, you know, my hope, for working with them or communicating to them about how I live my life is always in a sense of, I hope that you, sh- you two down the line can experience something like this. Yeah. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. That's right. Will. And that is, that is the idea, you know, between be, behind what you do behind what I'm doing is to, uh, pull that veil back, destigmatize all of this. And I mean, it, I, I think that we're, for many generations in the past, probably generations to come, anything outside of heteronormativity is going to be, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge for some people. It's not always going to be, you know, 
the easy path. Uh, so I think, you know, the, these challenges lay ahead of us for, uh, or lie ahead of us for, for some time to come. Um, but, you know, I appreciate the work that you do uh, to help people get, get past that. Um, Try to make the world a better place. That's right. Always trying to make the world a better place. Um, two last questions for you before we, we head off. First of all, uh, you mentioned your cool shirt before the show. Can you talk a little bit about your cool shirt? Yeah, so this is this is a cause shirt, and uh, he's an artist. He's a he's an artist in New York, and uh, he's gained a lot of popularity based on a lot of his collaborations in the in the past. And and you know, people see this shirt at first, and they may see like, oh, this is like Elmo or like some sort of furry lovable animal. But in regards, it's it's kind of a play on relationships and what they what they represent. And um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a dichotomy of, of difference and indifference of what relationships can be like and look like. And I just love how he represents that so authentically and like a very kind of striking and kind of uh, uncomfortable experience in a way. Um, yeah. But I, I love I love what he's bringing uh, to this world because, um, you know, art and expression and what that looks like is such a, a wonderful way of of letting people know that, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to put it out there. And, and I relate to myself, you know, I'm just putting myself out there. <laughs> this is what I'm giving. And if you want it and you like it, take it. And if you don't, I can't do anything differently at this point. <laughs> it's, it's there. Yeah, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Danny. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't, that's cool. You'd go your way. I'll go mine and we'll be fine. You know, live and let live. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Elliot, the last thing that I want to ask you uh, is for our listening audience, uh, your information has been scrolling across the bottom here, but for the listening audience, if somebody wants to work with you, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way that they can do that? Uh, Definitely reach out to to me on on the website uh, or via Instagram. I definitely check all that stuff pretty regularly. Uh, Website for sure. Psychology Today, anything that anywhere or any place that you can contact me, you can. So Website, Instagram, Psychology Today, all of the above. Uh, just type my name in. Honestly, Elliot Andre, you'll find me, no matter what. Uh, <laughs> for real, at this point. And there you it is. Where we're at, for sure. There it is, and that's uh, Elliot with one L. And the website is uh, www.connectedroots.net. Follow on Instagram and all over social media at Connected Roots Therapy. All right, Elliot. Ellie, any last minute? Uh, advice, anything that you'd want to leave for the audience? Yeah, I just, I just want to say, you know, a forum like this is incredible. And if anybody out there feels comfortable in talking about their polyamory story, please do. You know, it's going to bring awareness uh, to people out there who might not know what the hell we're doing. And, and, and that's what, and that's what we need. And that's what we need. And that's how we're going to accomplish what we do. So places like this forums, anywhere if you feel comfortable have the privilege to and would like to express who you are and what you do in this world as a polyamorous person please speak about it please be be open as as, as open as you can beautiful beautiful thank you elliot so much uh thanks for hanging out with me i really appreciate it welcome 
And also thank you to our uh, live audience, everybody who's tuning in. Just remember that when you're live, you don't get any commercial interruptions, but that's not necessarily the case if you download the podcast. So don't forget to tune in with us live every day, Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, And... Don't forget to please follow me on all social media at Practicing Polyay. Really want to get those YouTube subscription subscriptions up over 100 so I can get my custom URL. So if you can find me on uh, YouTube and subscribe, I'll really appreciate it. And uh, pretty much that's it. That's all we got, everybody. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to... Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing.